When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This dress is bad for my boobs because it flattens them and they're actually bigger than this. But maybe I'll fall in love with somebody who likes tiny tits. To I think because we're in Bushwick binders are so relevant. I know. Do you ever feel like as a she, her, you're accidentally binding and you're like, this is appropriation. <laughs> it's like when I put on a sports bra, I'm like, this isn't my culture. I'm laughing more to find that you ask me if I know. I <laughs> The only time I wear a bra is performative art style. Of I've never course. worn it as actually a support mechanism. And I would love one day to use it in a utilitarian fashion, of course, because mm. a big dream of mine is to have boobs for three days. Uh-huh. Um, you want them for three days? Okay. Well, I had them for one day when I did track and I couldn't stop touching them the whole time. So I guess now for three days, it'd be really fun for everyone to watch me grow myself. Did I ever? From an exploratory standpoint. Did I ever tell you somebody DM'd me when I posted you in drag and they were like, Sarah Squirm? <laughs> no. <laughs> it was like all caps. The specific outfit you were wearing was kind of giving her. Oh, so I funny. It's been a big black wig. It's perfect. Okay, wait. Welcome back to HBO Girls Rewatch. What? You, it's panicked. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Welcome, no, like, and welcome back to HBO Girls Rewatch. I'm Amelia. And, and um, we're sorry. We usually start with that, but we had to get right into it. Ask me my name. What is your name? My drag name was Missy May Train Her. <laughs> what is your drag name? Um, I don't know. What is it? It's the, um, the month you were born and the street you grew up on. That's A- your, no, that's actually famously your, your prostitute name. Okay, my prostitute name is... April Possum Trot. Yeah. Kind of epic. Yes. To to be born on a street, to grow up on a street called Possum Trot. I just love you thinking that's what a drag queen name is when you famously edit like eight drag queens podcasts. We okay, so we haven't recorded for since before Christmas, and now we're fully in January. We have to kind of catch up really quick. It's unfair you ask me first because yours is so much better than mine. I went back to my family home. Um and um I went in with a new lens. So usually I go home and I'm like, why am I, I'm never asking myself, why am I in bad mood? I'm like, why, what is my mom's deal? Like, it's never about what my internal conflict is. I'm always uh, blaming it on others. But I'm like, why am I feeling this way? And then, um, so I had experienced the same thing I experience every year, which is going home. But the twist is this year I experienced it from the lens of um, personal growth. You experience going home every year, but this year you experienced it through the lens of what? Personal growth, opportunity, <laughs> and asking myself the harder questions. How many Bell Hooks books did you get through? <laughs> I'm not even through one. It takes me, because I can only listen for 20 minutes at a time to Bell Hooks. Otherwise, it becomes too emotionally taxing. And I can only listen to it while in the gym, because I like the external, um, like, inflection of, like, all the men really, like, working out and, like, and, like, having that, um, Having a reflection of like men being men and then listening to bell hooks at the gym is like I I love that middle ground. It is so comforting. no, you kind of need the combo to really let it linger. Yeah, no, no wonder it's impacting you so much because it's kind of in the context of the kind of dynamic exactly being spoken about. When girls are on elliptical and men are on a bench press, and I'm listening to bell hook, I'm like, 
her her points hit so much harder. Yeah. Hey, Amelia, how was your New Year's last year? holiday Christmas. Amazing. I went on an eight-day solo yoga retreat in Puerto Vallarta and everyone there was 15 years older than me and a divorced mom. I was obsessed. (laughs) I loved connecting with those women. We're still chatting on WhatsApp right now. It's Um, so funny because the things I love on your WhatsApp are like your half-siblings you've ever met but only connected through 23andMe and divorce moms that you met um, in real life. And like old message conversations when I was Lindsay Lohan's podcast producer. Oh, it's so funny because your contact is the one that's associated to our TikTok account. So I'm always getting like her whole family. It's like from your all contact, the, all y'all, like, all Melissa y'all. Lohan, and she has three videos, six likes between them. I'm like, I'm getting exclusive content here. I had to say in the six months that I was her producer, I learned so much about her family. She's a family oriented girl. Really? Yeah, congrats on the baby, Lindsay. Congrats. We want to say it here first. I know. I'm glad we were able to catch <laughs> I'm so glad we were able to catch up, Evan. I hope you guys had a happy new year. We're so, so excited for our guests today. They are kind of, I don't know, a genius, I'd say. And um I don't know. A genius? I don't know. Sorry, I'm getting shy already. No, no, no. They are a genius. That, that's like clinical fact. <laughs> they're clinically genius and they're kind of like really smart and you know have a lens of critique that I think will be invaluable to our podcast and we're so excited to have them on you know them from Substack you know them from their podcast like a virgin from iHeartMedia guys let's cross dissolve now it's her Rose Damu it's Rose hi we've been meaning to get a genius on the podcast for months oh my god so when are you finally gonna get one nope today's the day today's the day it's you um Uh, well i i mean to be fair i did get a um a 1270 on my verbal SAT. Holy so I shit. do think that qualifies me. I just got chills. Does that actually, I like don't know if that's a good score anymore because I feel like they changed they the numbers. They changed the numbers. It's back to 1800. It used to be 2400, but now it's back to 18. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously, what you got is amazing. Okay, wow. Were you, were you good at SAT? I was a good test taker, um, but I was not a good student ever. Okay, yeah. And I feel like that's probably true of some of the girls on girls. Totally. I would like to see their SAT scores. They're getting into the mode like a day of, but yeah. day to day, they're being themselves. They're having We're, no fun. I mean, did Jessa even take the SATs? Yeah, I say, she's the first person ever applied test optional. They yes. let her have the choice. <laughs> she, yeah, wait, she did go to Oberlin for one day. So, one year, yeah. yeah. Um, she I'm sure Shoshana did a really great job, but she could never figure out MASH. I'm sure to beat her up every single day. Um, I don't know. I think like she's probably one of those people who seems really stupid and is surprisingly really good at math. Oh. Yeah, I think you know? she low-key was slaying pre-cal mm-hmm. and was like, yeah, duh. Oh, I'm so sorry for Tishana. I want to come here and apologize. <laughs> and Marnie yeah. just got straight B's always. You think Marnie yeah. was B? Yeah. I feel like probably. I think she's type A so much that like she she's been she developed every quizlet that we're still following to this day. That's kind of what it feels like to me. I do think she studied, but I don't think it gave her an A plus. Wow. Oh. And she's a bad test taker, that is for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Rose, we have to know what happened to you when girls came out were you there for it were you a part of it okay so you know i'm a little older than you are i 
found out how old you both were and started crying. No, like I was the same age as them when the show started airing. Oh, I was my God. When the show started, because it was what, summer 2020, 2012? Yeah. So I was 23 living in Bushwick when oh, girls my started. God. Yeah. So like you said, you edit videos for middle-aged women. Like I am one of those middle-aged women. <laughs> <laughs> We were curious to know what Bushwick looked like 10 years ago during a girl's era. Was it like that? Um, well, well, I mean, Girls famously is set in Greenpoint Green more than Bushwick. But I guess like, you know, the episode that everyone thinks of, The Cracks The Cracks Like, yes, there, Bushwick was like that. It's like a lot of people who like would later be stuck at Burning Man, mm-hmm. um, you know, in 2023. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Bushwick, like... I I lived in Bushwick for a long time. I was probably like, unfortunately, one of the early gentrifiers. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was a version of what exists now. And like, obviously, that was like somewhat heightened for TV. And like, I don't believe that the people who were making that show were necessarily like part of the quote unquote youth culture that was happening yeah. at the time. Like, I don't think Lena Dunham was going to warehouse parties. No. Um. But yeah, like I've seen a girl wearing Jess's feathered outfit before, like in oh a, in God. an unironic way. That's so important to know is true. Yeah. Whoa. Well, we have a theory that the girls today would be living in Bushwick if the show came out today. Yeah, because Greenpoint's kind of too expensive now. Or they'd be living in like Gramercy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or they'd be living in like Los Feliz, like it wouldn't even be in New York. <laughs> They're right by the purple movie theater. Yes. Yeah, I could see that. Marnie would love to go on a walk there. Oh my God. She would be at the reservoir every She'd day. She'd be jogging like every scene of Marnie would be Marnie jogging at the reservoir. I've never been to LA. So you, you don't need to go. Do you go there a lot? Well, I lived there for two and a half years. Oh my God. I was one of those like, New York is over. I'm going yeah. to LA girls. And I did. And then LA sucks. So I moved back. Yeah. I bravely moved to LA first just to double check that I wanted to move to New York. Mm-hmm. And then like the first week I was there, I was like, so I'll be moving to New York, but I guess I'll live here for COVID for two years. Yeah. Well, I lived in LA during COVID. Okay. We both and, lived like, in hell. I moved June, 2020, just as it was like getting slightly less bad here, just in time for it to be horrible in LA. The summer was the worst. It was, well, no, I think the winter was the worst. Like that was the year that I spent New Year's alone at home of course yeah oh I, actually i did lie i went to la one time in seventh grade and i can tell you could tell um <laughs> the only thing i did there was going to tmz tour where i publicly came out as gay because they cut asking trivia questions about celebrities <laughs> and i was the only one getting them right uh, <laughs> so you didn't even need to come out yeah. they just knew i was like <laughs> i didn't know you came out that early you're like well i had to did we fully get the answer out of you did you watch girls at the time yes i did i think like um I grew kind of bored with it, like, around this point in the show. Like, I had a season four or five lull where I wasn't watching it as avidly. Mm -hmm. But then I went back to it and caught up and watched through the end. Okay. And you mentioned before you rewatched it a year ago? Yeah, I rewatched it fully all the way through, like, early last year. Was it weird watching it? at 23 and then watching it now and being like huh yeah it definitely was a different experience because I'd gone back and watched you know episodes here or there like some of my favorites but I hadn't I hadn't done a full all the way through watch through and it 
it just really holds up and it, it has only gotten better I think with time and even as I've gotten a little bit older like I can appreciate it a lot more and there's a lot of stuff you miss the first time like it's such totally. a layered show in terms of the writing the performances everything absolutely I mean we watch the episode so closely now and I'm like what did I even watch it the first time yeah I'm like I didn't know I didn't get anything well, now we also have the base morality of, like, you lived through the whole experience of, like, a similar time than they had it living in Brooklyn. And also, like, just, like, talking. They, they have such a similar dialogue to, like, or not similar, but like close dialogue to, like, what we have in our everyday lives. So, like, having that information, at least for me, and, like, processing that every day and then watching the show, it's, like, I'm getting to jokes in a completely new way. Um, and it is, again, you're, you're seeing things you missed before. Yeah, I mean, what was it like for you guys watching it as teenagers I, that's an experience i can't like, yeah wrap my head around. i just remember i watched it in college so i was like 19 at the time and i just remember being like oh my god new york is crazy these girls are so smart and i'll never be that yeah, old and dumb yeah i was like yeah. i'll never be that old and brave and now they're actually younger than me and I still don't think I'm as brave. Well, I learned about girls from watching SNL because I did a parody of it. I, I was remember. like, what is going on here? The I Tina Fey parody got like, you? I to laugh at them. And I was like, I want to laugh with them. I'm yes. on the show right now. I put it on. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of the best songs of all time. And that sketch was like, if you need a babysitter, you should call your mama. And that line from that sketch has stuck with me. I mean, there's two lines. It, it kind of was like the precursor to the Selling Sunset yeah. interstitial <laughs> <laughs> it's like Megan Trainer core. <laughs> it really oh was the God. beginning. All right, well, let's dive into the episode. We have a segment called Minute to Win It, where we, as a group, popcorn style, give a summary of the entire episode. You want to get the timer started? Mm -hmm. Okay, do you want to start or finish? Sure. Yeah, okay, start, start us. Start us off. This is season four, episode seven, Ask Me My Name. Okay, so fresh off of dropping out of... Oberlin. Hannah is now a substitute teacher at a very bougie prep school. One of her students is Maude Apatow. And she is um, asked out on a date by one of the teachers, that guy who's like the nice romantic interest in every rom-com. Mm -hmm. And they go out on a date, but then Hannah decides to sabotage it and go to Mimi Rose Howard's art show. And then, so they're at the art show and Hannah's kind of like, sorry, Fran, like my bad, my boyfriend's here. And I did that on purpose because I wanted to see like, I have a hot date. And then Adam is like, what the fuck are you doing here? And Mimi's like, thanks for coming. We should go to the bar together. And Adam's like, what the fuck? And then Mimi Rose is like, you and me, Hannah, we'll go in a taxi together. Adam, you can go with my ex-partner Ace in their taxi. And then... So much fun stuff having a taxi. Mimi Rose and <laughs> Hannah are really bonding in a way they never expected to. Mimi Rose is asking Hannah the hard questions in a bodega, in a laundromat. And we kind of see um, a fun side of both of them. Hannah starts off really apprehensive and then learns to love her throughout this whole process. While um, Adam and Ace are um, absolutely hate each other at each other's necks. Ace is like, I'm going to get Mimi Rose back. And Adam's like, oh, please get me out of this taxi. Then they all show up to the bar together. And Hannah's like, I'm happy that you're with Mimi Rose. And that's one minute. And then she gets a falafel. She gets a falafel, which was so important. Not enough. Sex in the City would never do that. And that's just yeah. so much about what living in New York is kind of going to Delhi late at night being like, hey, mm -hmm. so here's my thing. Yeah, no one knows you like the guy who works at your bodega. Yeah, it's like your 2 a.m. order is so 
part of living here that is never touched on. Yeah, we're never going to the bodega, Amelia. You don't know me. Do we have a bodega half a block from here? I haven't been there. I've only been there before we moved in here. Really? How long have you lived here? Two months. Okay, well, you'll get there. Yeah. I'll get there. I can't wait to get there. That's my kombucha spot. <laughs> so, um, you know, we were talking before about how... I used to live in Bushwick. Yeah. So my last Bushwick apartment was a block from here. Stop. I lived on. No. I lived at. Well, I won't say the address, but I lived on. Oh my god. So we would have been neighbors. Were you walking to our door like, wow, I'm back at it? Uh, yeah, kind of, but it was like in a very like triggered kind of state. Do you love sneaker stores? (laughs) I do love, I do love sneaker stores, but you know what I love even more than that is the empanada cart outside of Bank of America. Okay, perfect. Their empanadas are so good. We have to go get them. We have such an important question to ask you. It's too important. Rose, we ask this to all our guys. Girl, what girl are you? I mean, no, it's like an easy answer. I'm a Hannah. Uh-huh. We we thought as much. Yeah. I, you know, I have done this question with friends many times. And the most recently, I think my friend Peyton, who was on your show, said that she thought I might also have somewhat Jessa tendencies because mm-hmm. like I do, I have at certain points in my life tried to maintain like a certain air of mystery mm-hmm. um but no i'm i'm a hannah you're you're you ultimately have a sub stack so it's like hard to get away from the hannah allegations yeah. it's like oh i'm a writer living but in i will say like you present cooler than hannah for sure thank you yeah. so much it's yeah. giving jessa i mean the code of mystery but what are what are times you are mysterious like a jessa um well you know i'm i love to leave um any like event party whatever early without saying goodbye to anyone which is very just a trait um do people ever follow up because i do that too and people keep getting mad it's me i'm getting mad because i live with you (laughs) without telling me (laughs) like i would love to take a subway home with my roommate no i think people are very used to it at this point Mm -hmm. so yeah i'm just like such a fan of ghosting Mm -hmm. and i think that's like look at jessa she like ghosted literally out of living in new york she invented ghosting like when or when she left hannah at um her dad's dad's house house. like hello hannah's at the train like wait (laughs) it's perfect um maybe one day you'll get over my ghosting I was like, I, well, I, it's like we both are going to take Ubers on 20 minutes <laughs> apart. It'd be nice to save 10 bucks. Totally. But you know, that time spent alone in an Uber at the end of the night going home is precious. Yeah, it's worth the extra $10 yeah. sometimes. Yeah. It's, it's the biggest time of reflection. Yeah. You're a little bit drunk, so you can still like internal, like you're looking at your thoughts in a completely different way, and there's a random man with you. It's a perfect, that's how I like the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you can like lean your head against the window and look out. The view and it's very cinematic. It's cinematic. We did. Where are you from? I'm from Florida. Florida. So were you like, I have to go become Hannah? Well, <laughs> at the age that I was, I was like, I have to go become Carrie Bradshaw. Of course. <laughs> but I also had to go become like, um, uh, like when I moved to New York, I was a theater kid. Okay, so and like, were like, you always I'm culture, gonna... right? No, I, um, yeah, I mean, no, I was like much more like 
theater forward mm-hmm. and came here to literally like I was like I'm gonna be on Broadway and then I got here and I was like wait theater sucks and I just like <laughs> want to like um have fun and like yeah like be cool yeah yeah you can't be cool and love theater you really can't it's tough I do still like theater like I enjoy um watching it sometimes no i think it's different like taking in a show and being like this is fun Mm -hmm. versus like truly being like i gotta get to broadway yeah two different things like the idea that that's actually going to happen because Mm -hmm. i also like for me it was more that i once i got to to new york and was like didn't have a social life that revolved around theater i was like oh this is actually deeply lame and i just want to like be a normal person and have other interests um but then there was an element of it where i was like like i'm not talented enough to put my entire life on the idea that this very outlandish thing could happen right you're like i need yeah. 12 more experience of tap already yeah they gave up on theater in this in this whole show so quickly like adam did it for two episodes mm-hmm. he did it for one and one season one and he like did sergeant general whatever hell it was called andrew and don Quick. major barbara yeah major barbara <laughs> <laughs> But then Elijah gets cast in White Men Can't Jump. Oh, exactly. Right. So, I see you are right. Yeah, we're bringing all that to camp. That audition is truly one of the best. Yeah. <laughs> we, Evan, what girl are you this week? Um, I think this week, in this specific episode, you know, I, we're not getting enough time. I'm like, can I be Maude? You want to be Maude Avatar? Yeah. Just a yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really feeling like Maude because... Um, you're really into analyzing books. Not well, though. <laughs> I know. I'm like, it is cool that I never read Oedipus, though. Oh, really? Which is famously a play and yeah. not a book. But that's okay. I said I'll let you have that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but even Hannah calls it a book. She also was like, well, she I. She was like, I read this 20 years ago. And I'm like, oh, when you were four. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Yeah, of course. And I love when she calls that kid the funniest person alive. Then that he should write for SNL. You should write for SNL. Which is really like where the funniest people alive were. <laughs> yeah, of course, mm-hmm. every time. It is cool um cuz it is like half the people who want to write for SNL, it's like their English teacher told them when they were 14 mm-hmm. and they kind of went with that. Yeah. So it's like Hannah substitute teachers doing that for him, which is beautiful. Oh, you know who I actually might be though? I'm like, I'm one of the characters that is like, that like, I'm, I'm one of the actors here and I can't go off script. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, this is a script and that's a freaking out. It's like, that. it was all over Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> And Amanda, Amelia, what girl, what girl are you? I think ultimately I'm Marnie in a side part bump it. Oh my God. <laughs> the the faux hawk bump it was deeply triggering. I have to say anytime I'm going to an event that's like more artsy than my normal day to day, I'm like, I'm going to try a new hair look. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I'll do pigtails tonight. I don't know. And Marnie with the giant side part bump it, I was like, I could really see myself being her. I do the same thing on my way here. Actually, I was at I was leaving my doctor's office and I went in the bathroom and I like did like a half up ponytail and then I got on the subway. I was like, this looks so fucking dumb. They're they're 25. I can't do this. So I took it out. We would have loved it. We would have loved it. We would, if you actually want to take a second to pause no, like, no, half okay. up ponytail, okay. that could be big. Um, well, we're going to jump into leaning into Lena. Um, but first, we're going to give you a word from our sponsors. 
Oh my god, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, I actually had um you guys missed it, but I had full harigami in. Do you remember that from the infomercial? Harigami yeah, is basically like a slap bracelet <laughs> that you rolled your hair around. I miss I miss when commercials were that way. Let's lean into Lena. I think the first arc we need to dive into is Hannah and Fran. Franna. Franna. Uh, love him. Yeah. What uh, What is his big thing that he's in, that actor? Okay, well, I know him from a not very n- well-known um, romantic comedy called How to Be Single, starring, D- starring Dakota Johnson, Allison okay, Brie, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Rebel Wilson, my nemesis. Um, <laughs> and um, she... <laughs> I, it's all coming back to me. I've seen that on the plane. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like one of the five movies that I own on iTunes. <laughs> I like weirdly really love it. And he plays Leslie Mann's love interest. Fuck yeah. Judd Apatow keeps it in the family. Oh yeah. Well, L- Maude Apatow. Maude. Hello. I would I would kill to be Judd Apatow's daughter. <laughs> yeah. Um, He's always playing like a... Oh, he was in the White Lotus. He was White Lotus. One. That's what I'm thinking mm-hmm. of. Um, How do we feel... Fran is kind of opposite Adam. Just like nice, um, normal acts emotionally in a way that makes sense. Yeah, like he... They're like hitting it off at work and he immediately just asks her out. Like there's no games at all. Yeah. So then of course she has to play the, the deadliest game with him. Which is what if I took you to my ex-boyfriend's new girlfriend's art show? Yeah. While our date is going really well. <laughs> they were killing it. He's like, let's yeah. get a second drink. And she's like, what if we made a mistake? <laughs> and I love when Adam asks her why what are you doing or like why are you doing this and she says i don't know and <laughs> yeah. like you get the sense that she's being truthful like she really does not know why she has yeah. sabotaged herself like this have you ever found yourself like being like i need to be where my ex is just to be like hi um yeah it's more like not even exes necessarily but like people that i'm interested in like I definitely kind of want to throw myself in Mm. their direction um you know it's like like the people who I've never done this but when you make like um you put only one person on your close friends and like take like a thirst trap like that kind of behavior but not so much like um look at me with my new date like I'm gonna rub it in your face yeah Yeah, it's so much easier if you have that new date to rub it in your face yes oh yeah wait you kind of did that last week did I yeah. Oh, I look for you to explain what I did. So you went on a date or you were out at a bar and you started flirting with this one guy and you're like, oh, I'm going to take him home. And then oh, your ex-boyfriend from two years ago was there as you were leaving. And you're like, this is a perfect oh, actually, situation. That wasn't on purpose. No, it, no it's the best when it happens okay, unintentionally. Right. Yeah, yes. I absolutely did not mean for that to happen. Never like anything that's ever happened to me before. And I meant to like reach out to this person. This is I wanted to like understand their side of story two and a half years later. Um, and then I saw them and I was like, actually, I don't want another story at all. And But it's okay because then I um, went home with a farmer. Yeah, you won. Uh, yeah. I won. You Thank won. you. Before was, you got here today, the lights were all a mess because Evan took the farmer into here. <laughs> and the lights were just like on yeah, the floor. Yeah, I was like, what happened? They were like covered in fluids. Yeah. I was like, wow. Nice. Do we think Fran is going to be perfect for Hannah? No, because Hannah can't accept, like, normal affection. Yeah. 
it's it reminds me of um one of my favorite episodes the um in season one when she goes home and hooks up with the like normal guy um like she can't understand someone who just wants to like take her on a date and, and be, be nice yeah. yeah this is truly one of those fundamental episodes when we were saying that before we came or, or we were saying it before we started recording but like this really sticks in your head this episode because it's oh, yeah. so specific there's this really interesting art event that we get to witness that I thought before moving to New York City was half the deal of living in New York City was that you got to go to a place where people were actors and ask them weird questions about themselves. Um, hasn't come to fruition, still my NYC bucket list. Oh, see, so you've ne- you've never been to a weird art show like that? Have you? Oh my God, I've been to so many and like, they're always bad and they're always pretentious. Like I have been to so many weird interactive art things and I think maybe 10% of them have been good and 90% of them have been like, what the fuck are you doing? Do you think this one would have been good? No. <laughs> it looked like bullshit. And I think we're supposed to understand that it is, but that because I think even Mimi Rose Howard like doesn't believe in it. But yeah. that but like she has this sort of like cult of personality around her where she can trick people into thinking it's like a lot more profound than it actually is. And of course Hannah's buying straight into it. Yeah. She's like, yeah, you are so much cooler than me. You did it. Well, I guess the act of performing cool is, is for in itself, is a, one of quintessential ways to prove that you are cool. Like, in a lot of places, like, even some of those, she's insecure, clearly, but, like, pretending you're cool is the best way to sell it. You gotta fake it till you make it. Yeah. And actually, I think it's interesting that it's only the moment where she, like, reveals herself to be vulnerable that she finally wins Hannah over. Because, like, it wasn't going to work by her just being herself. That only make Han- that only made Hannah hate her. But her being like, no, I'm a flop, too. Hannah was like, okay, I love you. Yeah, they were like, let's go to the bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's fun because we also get to meet. So we have a Mimi Rose Howard of it all where she's, like, so cool, like, Love it. And then we meet Ace, her ex-partner, who's like the same type of like, I'm so cool in this alt way. Just like chewing on a toothbrush. Toothbrush. Yeah. I watched the like um Hannah or Lena talk back and she was like, Zachary Quinto, I think is mm-hmm. the actor, um, just brought that to set and was like, I think this needs to happen. That's a strong choice. And Lena was yeah. like, All right. <laughs> no, it it works because it's a really good it's one of those things that you only kind of only kind of sticks with you a couple times after you've like seen it and it's just like a little choice that really solidifies what kind of asshole this guy is yeah yeah and he's still pining for Mimi Rose Howard yeah he has a breath of com- like confidence that can only be secured by having a oral uh, hygienic product in your mouth <laughs> Totally. That is what is happening to him. And wearing like basketball shorts on a night out. It's like we know too many people who do that, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, it's a different time now. Is Adam over Hannah? Mm. I don't think he's over her. I think he's just so under Mimi Rose Howard's spell. Yeah. Even though last episode was the abortion episode and he got really upset, he's... Like Mimi being like, I don't need you. I just want you. And can't that be good? I think hearing that now he's like under that whole new spell of like, Mm -hmm. oh, I can be with somebody who like isn't out of like a necessity. I do think Adam is like 
always 100% focused on what's right in front of him. Yeah. That's why, like, in the early seasons when he and Hannah weren't, like, together together, it was, like, when she was at his apartment, he was, like, 100% into her. And then as soon as she disappeared, like, so did he. It's, it's like, an object permanence issue. Exactly. It is an object permanence. So, I mean, I think he's the first man we've ever seen who doesn't have ADHD. And so good we get to see that on screen. He can really focus in on one activity. And he's always in a flow state. Yeah, I hate him, though. Like, I love him, but I hate him. And, like, I... It's so... Like, I understand that Hannah fucked up their relationship by moving away. But he should have just broken up with her. I know, because when he woke, was fake asleep, so he didn't say bye to her. (laughs) And then watched her drive away. I'm like, no. And then her... I mean, the episode where she comes back and, like, won't leave the apartment, he is very cruel. He is. And it's also, like, that is her apartment, bitch. Yeah. Well, he's even cruel in this interaction. Yeah. It's like, okay, your ex showed up. It's still, like, also all her, her only three friends were also at this party. What is she going to do? Sit home alone? I love Marnie's. Um, it's kind of crazy that you're here. <laughs> like she put, she never pulls a punch. She's she and she's so just like this is crazy of you, girl. Mm-hmm. I love it. I do love it. To do it, um, it's like Marnie is so good at seeing Hannah's issues and not seeing her own. Mm-hmm. It's like you and Desi, girl, we're so worried, and you're worried about Hannah showing up with it. Like we've got bigger fish to fry, Queen. Yeah. I love that Hannah keeps the smock on because that's very like I appreciate that kind of commitment. Like I think of it as sort of like when you wear a costume. Like, for Halloween or whatever, you can't take it off until you get home. Like, I truly believe that. Like, if you're wearing a wig, it can't come off until you are, like, inside with the doors closed. There's no, like, taking your heels off. The go-go boots stay on. Exactly. And so I like that Hannah, like, commits to the bit. Mm -hmm. And she also says, like, well, I hate what I was wearing anyway. And, like, she actually looks amazing. Her dress is so cute. And oftentimes she is styled really well, which is yeah. like not true to who Hannah is. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe like Marnie is shopping for her totally. or Jess is shopping for her. Somebody dressed her that day. I think she just fell into it. She got lucky for one. Well, maybe Eli- now that Elijah's living with her, oh, he's right. given out pointers yeah. because before the date, he is like, don't wear the lizard top. With a, with a, what did she say? With a Hirachi sandal? Yeah. A casual Hirachi sandal. <laughs> Oh, God, Elijah's fun. I mean, he's so... I love how referential she is and, like, how specific she is. Like, bring up the detail of a Hirachi sandal is really... Like, we're in the scene. We know where we are. We know what time state we're in. Um, oh, and when she says that she has to masturbate before a date yeah, exactly. to take the pressure off of it, I believe in and do that a hundred percent. She taught you that. She, she actually might have. It's one of those things that I might have, like just picked up without being conscious of it yeah. because I always masturbate before like just a hookup or a date. Clear heart, clear mind can't lose. I actually think that's one of those things we've all collectively decided on our own and it happens to be a reality for everyone. Totally. It just worked. We all came to the same conclusion and now um, it's cool. It's part of the zeitgeist. 100%. Yeah. Wait, so Mimi, Rose, Howard, and Hannah, they're talking in the taxi. Hannah's like, you're perfect. And Mimi's like, I don't know. And then they get to the bodega. And Hannah's like, why do you smell bad? Mimi's like, I'm so artsy random, girl. (laughs) I don't wear deodorant. Yeah. 
And then they get to the laundromat and that's where Hannah is getting a little fed up with Little Miss Perfect. She's like, I can't hear the poem you wrote for this bitch in Oh my God. (laughs) When she gives the giving of the poem to the woman, (laughs) like I know people like that and I'm sure you've come across people, maybe not as extreme, but people who just like live artfully Mm -hmm. and they are the worst people in the world. Just people who write poetry and I say this as someone who has written a lot of, of poetry. Of course. Um, belong in prison. Yeah. No, I've always... Oh, for you for yourself. We're having a lot of open yeah. mics right now for poetry. Um, things are evolving in a way where poetry is actually becoming into forefront of culture. And it wasn't five years... It's like, so it's been relevant, but now people like had enough time to process COVID and like try to be individuals. And the best way to be an individual is to write stuff that's only for you. <laughs> Not all art needs to be shared. Which is something that Mimi Rose Howard should think about. Although her her pitch of her book did sound kind of interesting. I was like, I would definitely at least look at the cover. I would like watch the Netflix limited series yeah. that's based on it. Like eight episodes of that, I'm in. So we get to the laundromat and Mimi Rose says, do you want Adam back? Because I could give him to you, but you're going to have to fight for it. Or whatever, like that's crazy. Well, she had a, I was like, this isn't the first time she's done this. But do you think she's being serious, or do you think yeah. this is a trap that she's laying? How manipulative is Mimi Rose Howard versus how just honest is she being? Right. Because I do think there's an element of knowingness where she is playing Hannah a bit, because I think Mimi Rose Howard is one of those people who knows like how to reflect the behavior that they want at people to like get what they want from them but i do think she at least like believes the things that she's saying Mm -hmm. even if she doesn't would never really follow through on that i think it's like is mimi rose playing is mimi rose playing herself or is she playing a specific character that she like wants to emulate of herself i mean i think both yeah Mm -hmm. I think I I do think she's asking Hannah because she knows by asking that she'll get to have the conversation she's hoping to have with Hannah because she's addicted to the idea of like she can sit down and really like talk to this girl and have this one on one that like makes her feel good and like makes them feel like they're like really into open communication like working through stuff and she knows the only way to get that out of Hannah is to kind of like be like here's something crazy let's get into it and I think she kind of kills it like the performance of vulnerability and like honesty it's like is this legitimately how she's feeling or is this kind of who she wants to play to like feel superior to others or like really feel like she is this real creative artist well it's one of the rare times that Hannah meets and interacts with someone who's like will say as crazy things as she often says to people. She's Mm -hmm. kind of met her match in Mimi Rose Howard a little bit. And I think that's why they come to like each other by the end of the episode. I actually found myself thinking, like, in Hannah's life post-show, I feel like she and Mimi Rose Howard are friends. Totally. I can only hope. Yeah, like, I feel like Mimi Rose Howard, like, comes upstate and, like, visits the baby. Mm -hmm. And, like, they have a friendship. And maybe, like, Mimi Rose Howard, like, wrote... Like, um, she wrote, like, a pull quote for Hannah's book or something. Totally. And Marnie is like, I still hate this friendship. Oh, yeah. Marnie hates her. Of course, the episode ends with them going to the bar. We find out that Jess is into Ace. Okay. Can't wait to see how that unfolds. And set up Mimi Rose Howard and Adam so she could get him. So it's like she knowingly set up her best friend's boyfriend with someone to get 
her boyfriend. I never thought about that. She's such a bad person. She's not a good one for sure, but... I do hope she gets what she wants. It was so funny when she's like, that guy definitely loves me. I'm going to be pregnant with his twins by May. Yeah. I'm like, girl, you go. Well, and then there's another situation where Jessa is meeting her match in Ace and we see this play out more as the show goes on. But it's like, it's very interesting to have Mimi Rose and Ace and they come together and they're kind of like both, uh, they're both on the same part of Hannah and Jessa and like their absurdism and like the way Jessa plays her feminine charm, Ace really plays his like charisma Mm-hmm. And it's like very will they won't they with all of them. Literally. When really the answer is they should all just like be in a polycule. They should all be in a polycule. They, they should exactly. be polycule. <laughs> and Adam shouldn't be in it. No. Adam has to go. No, he should die, maybe. <laughs> we end the episode with him kind of being so confused. He's like, so Mimi's fake and and Hannah's kind of over me. What's going on? Mm, I don't he's too angry for his own good here I know because he gets so mad at Hannah for showing up but I also think that he likes it he loves it he's addicted to the drama he's an actor let's go on our second break and when we get back we have a few more beautiful segments Oh my, that was a good break. Yeah. Uh, this time we got to rest and recharge. For a yeah. Yeah, I sure. took a six-hour nap. Yeah. You look, your eyes are just glowing. Thank you. Um, I actually can't nap. You can't? No. Really? I have lifelong insomnia, so it's really hard for me to fall asleep at night during the day just for like 20 minutes. No way. Never. I have to be honest. Anytime I'm like a fan of someone famous and then I read their book and they're like, I have sleeping problems. I'm like, okay, I'm addicted to people who have sleeping problems. It's <laughs> really bad sleeping problems. It's like, I remember, Leslie, man, I remember being, really bad sleeping problems. You're addicted to people who have sleeping I'm, problems. I'm addicted to Ambien. <laughs> the match made in heaven. I'm like, I remember being like 17 reading Amy Poehler's Yes, Please. And I'm like, this girl can't sleep. She's rocks. <laughs> it is the sign of like a tortured artist, which is why the fact that Hannah can sleep like anytime anywhere I'm like you I guess you should have dropped out of your yeah. MFA program so you are a teacher well okay so that's something we haven't really touched on which is like the whole thing that Hannah and Mimi Ross Howard get into which is like this feeling that Hannah has that she like why she's so insecure around Mimi Rose Howard not only because she's dating her ex-boyfriend but because she's like a successful artist and yeah. Hannah has like abandoned her art and I think it's actually a really like touching and like kind of like definitely something that I saw myself in the first time I watched it and now mm-hmm. um yeah it's like a, a rare moment of Hannah actually being like insightful about herself yeah like going from earlier in the episode like not knowing why she's putting herself in this position to like then being able to understand why this girl like digs at her so much right because she's well millie said this in uh earlier episode but it's like me roadhouser she's a first example that we really have in the show like a successful artist who really is succeeding at their craft in a way it actually is digging at hannah because she's coming right off her mfa program like you were just saying and to like she has no sense of identity and to see mimi rose has such a clear sense of identity and then they finally connect because Mimi Rose is feeling insecure in her craft, which is something Hannah can really relate to. And that part when Hannah says, like, oh, I'm going to be just like my mom. I'm going to be unhappy when the episode opens with her 
teaching and clearly being so good at it. Literally you know? slaying at it. We j- Last episode, we were like, she's the type of teacher that sucks and everyone's going to bully her. And then I like swallowed my words first scene. I was like, she's an amazing teacher. No, she would be. If you had her as a substitute, especially, yeah. it would be so fun. It would change my life, Yeah, frankly. no, she would be the teacher that you thought about for the rest of your life. Literally, she's like. Old women always stick with me when I was a teenager. <laughs> yeah, the the most important teacher in, in my childhood was like someone who had just graduated. I'm like, you get it, and you went to Stanford. But I always remember being like, why are you here though? Well, that is that is kind of sad. Like I went to um, a magnet school, and I was a, like a theater major in high school. Like hence, you know, recovering mm-hmm. theater kid, and we would have occasionally former students come back and direct plays and at the time I was like oh my god these people are amazing like they're like you know coming back and like teaching us all this stuff they're so cool and now I think about it and I'm like oh wow they were such flops that they had to go back to their high school and direct like a bunch of teenagers doing um you know like Euripides and like totally not understanding it. It's brutal. Just listening to you say it hurt my feelings. Yeah. It's like so You I know who so, you are. I get so sad about that stuff. Yeah, it's kind of when you um at least my close experience of this, it's like I would always see like 19-year-olds, 20-year-olds, like they have a badge like visiting student or like are you a little guest class? I'm like those are the coolest people or like no, they're pedophiles. <laughs> yeah, they're literally pedophiles <laughs> after their space where they well, it's, it's always a trope where it's like whoever stays in a hometown and is throwing to parties is actually the worst off. They can't let go of high school. But in your eyes are the coolest person alive, too. Huh. Oh, Time really? changes everything. It really changes That's a big it lesson all. we're learning here. What is, what is the last line Hannah says? Like, or Mimi Rose is like, are you mad that I have an Orcho or are you mad that I have Adam? Or is it both? And she's like, well, I'm definitely sad about both. <laughs> I think honestly, she might in this moment be realizing that she's more upset about the art show than Adam, and like that's probably making her more sad. Yeah, because she's like, oh, like she dropped out of school, she came home, and like the thing she was thinking she could then like pour all that energy into was no longer a viable option. Yeah, she's like, well, I don't have my art, but at least I have a boyfriend, and like now she doesn't even have that totally i really do think like sad bodega order closing scene was her being like i gave up on being an artist who am i now rather than like i don't have adam anymore yeah because that that driving force of hannah at least knowing what she wanted to be was from literally the first scene of the series yeah like she's always had that and now this is like a huge moment of her being like well, what the fuck am I going to do? Right. She doesn't have identity in a way she did before. Mm-hmm. And now she doesn't even have a boyfriend. She was going to be And, and for so many people, yeah. a boyfriend I is an identity. Exactly. Too many people. No, just the right amount. Hey, love you. <laughs> um, I think I know what time it is. Uh. Girl, get your Glock. It's rapid fire time. What's your favorite utensil? Spoon. Are you the voice of your generation or a voice of a generation? The voice of my generation. Ask me my name. What's your name? Why is Marty mad at you? 
Um, because she misgendered me, and even though I didn't say any anything about it, she still feels guilty. So that guilt is turning into anger. Yeah. Who's your favorite Avatar daughter, Maud or Iris? I don't know who either of them are. <laughs> what is your favorite origami expression? Oh, I still to this day can make a paper crane. Um, because I read Sadako and the Thousand Paper Cranes in elementary <laughs> school, yeah, yeah. and it has never left me. <laughs> That book has never left me. No. I learned what cancer was from that book. <laughs> Same. <laughs> what is your sad in the night deli order? Um, A grilled cheese with tomato and bacon. Oh my God, that sounds delicious. It's so fucking good. Would you rather have a heart to heart with your ex's new lover in a bodega or in a laundromat? In a bodega, because at least there's food there. Totally. Do people look hot with two br- toothbrushes in their mouth? Yeah, I have an oral fixation. Yeah, it's perfect. I say you're with that. I always think I look the hottest with a toothbrush in my mouth. Yeah. Well, it's giving like um the scene and bring it on where they're brushing yeah, their exactly. teeth. I will say I watched this episode and was like, should I start doing that? <laughs> yeah. What if I what if I did that at the next house party? But it would have to be like it couldn't be just a regular toothbrush. It has to be like one of the huge electric ones yeah. that you have to plug in. It's a quip. <laughs> um, I know I didn't get to mention this earlier, and I just really was desperate to mention this on the podcast. But I was one time in a taxi when they hit someone. So no. was I. Oh, really? No. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, no. I've been in the taxi when it got into an accident, like, hit another car, not a person. But oh. yours hit a person? No, it took a sharp left turn. We're like, oh, you can actually go up to my dorm this way. They took a sharp left turn. They hit a man on a bike. He got up. He goes, I'm okay. He wasn't okay. <laughs> um, I did give him five stars because my um, uncle fired him from a project, and I didn't know that until midway through the Uber rides, and I found out my uncle knew him. And also uh, had fired him. So it's like, I can't, my family can't hurt him more. How did you find that out? This entire story. <laughs> what? In the middle of the Uber, we found out he knew my uncle. Because you were just chatting? Yeah, I don't, I have no idea how we got there. Wow. Oh, because we were leaving my uncle's. Oh, no, I don't know what it was. So random. Um, oh. New Orleans is a crazy place. Hmm. That's wild. And then what happened? What happened to you? Um, I was on my way home from seeing Into the Woods at New York City Center with my friend and we hit, our Uber hit someone on, I think, 2nd Avenue maybe. And we were like sitting there waiting and then we're like, okay, we're just going to get another car and you're not, you're not charging us for this one because you hit someone. Um, I think that's fair. But it, and it was totally their fault, but it wasn't a person. It was... I've never been in a car when it hit another person. Although I have been hit by a car as a pedestrian. Stop. Yeah. Wait, Hayden had the same experience. Well, she, yes. Well, she was in a bike accident. Yeah. Yeah, I, when I was a freshman in college, I was going, I was in Queens one night going to like hook up with someone and I was crossing the street and a car hit me and I had to get taken to the hospital on like a backboard and everything. And then I went to my aunt and uncle's house on Long Island for a couple days. And three days later I went back to class and was like, fine. Because I was 18 and my body was just like bounced bounce back. back. And if that happened to me now, I would just die. <laughs> yeah, it would end. Yeah. I'm like, my, my college roommate was shot and then he did return the same semester. Anything can happen. Yeah, like people, would, people would be like, uh, like in class, people would be like, oh my God, I heard that you got like hit by a car or something. And I was like, yeah, whatever, it's fine. Oh my God. Oh, and the guy who I was supposed to go hook up with didn't believe me. He thought I just ghosted him. Well, it does sound like a lie, of course, to be fair. But it is anytime I 
have like ca- a casual hookup with someone and they're coming over and like it takes them too long. I'm like, oh my god, they got they got hit by a car. They got hit by a car. They got hit by a car. I think that's a fair fear to be feeling. Yeah, because yeah. it happened to me. Yeah, it could happen to you. It could happen to anyone. <laughs> okay, our last segment of the podcast: that outfit in Brooklyn. This is where we compare Brooklyn then to Brooklyn now, and you're kind of actually an expert. Was there anything watching this back? You're like, oh my God, it's not like that anymore. Well, being in a yellow cab. Yeah. The uberfication of our society. Yeah, because they would have, you know, that car would have tracked them down. Um, I also think they could have definitely been giving like a little more a cab energy to the cops. Although, you know what they did? Like they ran out of the bodega without paying and did not care that the cops were there. You've never seen a cop actually anywhere near a crime scene. No. This is the first time we've ever seen a cop near an actual accident. So it's so cool. Maybe that happened 10 years ago. It was cool. It was cool that they had to call him over because it's like, well, what you're patrolling the streets. You just saw a woman get hit and you didn't notice. Like somebody had to flag you down. Girl. The one thing that hasn't changed, I think, is Mimi Rose Howard's art show. I think, like, something exactly like that is happening within a 10-block radius of your apartment right now. I have to agree. It's, like, yeah. so Bushwick Open Studios core. Invited. The only ones I've ever invited to are chair-themed. I don't want to go to the chair gallery show. <laughs> Wait, what are you talking about? Like to buy chairs? Or to look at chairs. That's cool. I mean, yeah. Oh. I want experimental art though that I don't care about. And I will I always like the worst kind of media is my favorite kind, always. Um so I think I would love any I mean, maybe if I always did that, I'd be amazed and odd. But so much experimental art is <laughs> so bad. Do you think her booth Jonathan are dear dear friends? <gasps> Yes. Oh my God. We need a. They maybe with had them. a child together. Yeah. yeah. They ended up together. That's the one Mimi Rose didn't abort. Yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. Um. Wait. Oh my God. They need to combine. That'd be amazing. Art no, show. it's giving like it's giving like Bjork and Matthew Barney. Like, yeah, that's yeah. like Mimi Rose Howard. They would bring about the highlight. Oh my God. I love Booth Jonathan. Miss him. I hope he comes back. Does for he? the eventual girls movie yeah i think it's still to this day you would she's like did you think this show was because she's like yeah i thought it was beyonce like in the yeah, yeah, like, yeah perfect show. people, people would say that today, today. Yeah. yeah beyonce has remained relevant and perfect so for 10 years oh another decade it is cool that 10 years ago she was as iconic yeah. and it's not like she would say like yeah it was perfect it was taylor swift yeah exactly she was not perfect that. no and the thing is hannah would always resign taylor swift because she would write in a way that she always wished she could have yeah. Yeah. Um, no, like, no Shoshana in this episode? For, no show. Isn't she at the art gallery for, like, one point one second? Uh, no, in my head, she was there, and then I, I on second watch. Yeah. Because this is a weird season for Shoshana. Is this the one where she helps Ray with his political campaign? Yeah, so the next episode, she's, like, on the street in red, white, and blue. I hate it so much. So the my, my last Girls Rewatch that I did last year... I watched the whole show in five days and that was made possible because I fast forwarded through all of the Ray scenes. (laughs) Oh my God. This is amazing to hear because I'm getting so much flack on our TikTok right now because I posted like, Ray doesn't need to be in this show. No, he doesn't. No, he sucks. He sucks. And this political plotline, I'm like, you cannot be serious making me watch this every week. It's the worst plotline and also Shoshana's worst hair. 
Too many clips, girl. Make it stop. Yeah. Yeah. Too many clips. I need her to get to Japan. Stat. <laughs> we need Shoshin Japan so fast. I know. Well, the thing is, like short pay, we needed um, a whole movie based around that. We need yes. Shoshana's fabulous adventure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, I think we really did cover everything. Are you feeling good? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great, but I did ask, um, what was your name? And you never told me. Right. My name's Amelia. It happened. Okay. Huh. Like, my middle name is Rose. Oh my god, that's so beautiful. Um, and so is Mimi Rose. And Howard. so is Mimi Rose. Howard. Oh, famously, her middle name is Eleanor. Mimi <laughs> Rose. Sorry, that was a misstep. <laughs> Um, wait, so we were going to plug your podcast, but it's ended, but people yeah. can still listen. It's in fortuity. They can still listen and you can plug my Substack. Yes. Mall Goth. Oh Which my is God. very Hannah coded. It's so, so Hannah good. Hannah. Thank you. It's perfect. Everybody read up. Um, and we'll be back. Oh, in coconut bars. Oh, yeah. Fruit bars really good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. This last note. Oh, and also the mini pies. I love, I love yeah, looking exactly. at the stack of snacks that she gets. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, falafel, mini pies, and coconut bars were much more relevant 10 years ago than they are today. Yeah. You, there's nowhere to get falafel in a three mile radius at this place. Also, I think the most Hannah thing, the most Hannah thing I connect to in the episode is when the woman is asking her if she can read her the poem that Mimi Rose Howard wrote her. Oh, and yes. she says, no, thank you. I'm good. <laughs> like that, I felt very seen. It felt very strange yeah. party. And you know, reason. it also felt very of the now because people found out about boundaries in the last four years. Yeah. And I feel like not necessarily respecting them, but yeah, they found out about them. They found out about them and they're saying, I feel like more people are taking a stance. Yeah. Than um yeah, than Hannah it's very that um <laughs> that, that text numbers. that's like um I'm sorry I like can't hold space for you right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, we're so sick. This is it's perfect. Um, well, thank you so thank much you so for being on. Thank you so much for this having me. Heaven on earth. I'm like I've been in Bushwick for an hour and a half and I'm starting to get itchy. So yeah, I'm glad it's coming to the close. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> it's the bed bugs. Um, we'll be back next week with episode eight. But we hope you have a good one. Bye.